Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Jim Bachman from Grow and Fortify. Uh, hopefully everyone knows what Grow and Fortify is. It is uh, the group who is to say manages the correct word, uh, Jim? Yes, uh, we are a value-added agriculture company who currently is contracted by the Brewers Association of Maryland, the Maryland Wineries Association, and the Maryland Distillers Guild to manage their three trade associations. Um, there's some there's some other things. Well, first of all, thank you very much for joining me um, again. Jim has been on uh, many times, uh, obviously, because he has uh, tons of information always to share about uh, Maryland booze creators. Uh, we have, uh, some exciting announcements, uh, and then there's some things I want to talk about before we get into that, but I don't want to bury the lead. We're just going to start right into that. The Maryland craft beer festival is finally back. The Maryland craft beer festival is coming back to Frederick on Saturday, May the 14th, 2022. Uh, we are in the process of finalizing all of the details and intend to release tickets uh, next Friday, the 25th of February, uh, we will run a short early bird ticket, uh, purchase option for folks to save a little bit of money. The early bird options tend to go pretty quick. Uh, we see yeah, our, <laughs> our attendance pick up really fast. So we're excited about that. Um, and we've got some really great things in store this year. We've got some buses coming from other breweries. Wait, hold on one second. Before we, before we get into the details, though, I do want to uh, give a real quick plug for the Hyper, Hyper Local Brew Fest, also in Frederick, since that is tomorrow. Uh, so hopefully you listen to this as soon as it uh, drops, because that's when everyone should listen to this. Uh, but Saturday, you'd think I'd be able to say Saturday. Saturday, February 19th, uh, from 12 to 7 p.m., Rockwell Brewery is hosting uh, the Hyper Local Brew Fest at the Frederick Fair- Fairgrounds. Uh, go on their social media and you can get tickets. They're only $5 and you can get all the details and everything. All right, let's get back to the Maryland Craft Beer Festival because I think, I don't know, you guys put on several awesome events, so I don't know if I could definitively say that it's my favorite um, but I, I would say it's my longest standing favorite because the Carroll Creek linear park in downtown Frederick is just such a beautiful location to have a beer festival. There is no place like the Carroll Creek linear park for a beer festival. You get these really cool sweeping views of the city as you're walking up and down the Creek. Um, you definitely get the feeling that you're surrounded by a couple thousand of your best friends because things get a little tight in there. Um, you are there, definitely... there are maybe too many pinch points along the Creek, but whenever it opens back up, it's completely fine. It's just those couple places under bridges that it That's gets it. a little tight. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we are doing everything that we can to ensure that this festival um, most efficiently utilizes the space along the Creek. Like you said, there are some pinch points. There are some uh, elevation changes at the event that kind of make it unique to a beer festival uh, that you would see around here. A lot of beer festivals are in wide open flat parking lots or, um, you know, asphalted areas. Uh, We're trying to make sure that there's kind of that touch with the city, touch with the the nature that's there, even though it's still in a downtown environment, we have a lot of greenery around us. We have the water. It's a really nice feeling place to be. Um, and we're really, really excited to be back there. Uh, so the, the last time, uh, one took place was 2019. Correct. Um, obviously, uh, nothing took place in 2020. Uh, unfortunately last year it was really dicey that what the, landscape of what could be done and what couldn't be done uh so you can't plan a a beer festival in a couple of weeks so it kind of had to be uh unfortunately canceled again last year but thankfully this year we get to go and party in downtown frederick again that's it so yeah we uh you know we were in a really big bind in 2020 we launched our ticket sales uh 
what would have been this week in 2020. Um, we had a really great um, early bird presence. We had a lot of people who were buying tickets. There were some issues with our ticketing vendor that uh, came to light kind of as those tickets launched and we were able to work through those fortunately. Uh, and then within a couple of short weeks, we had to cancel the event. Uh, we refunded everybody their money for their uh, tickets. And it was something that we never planned on having to do or anticipated having to do along with, you know, 10,000, 30,000, 40,000 other events throughout the country yeah. that all had to figure out how to manage that. Um, instead, we were able to quickly turn around the live uh, virtual sofa sipping that you were kind enough to help us uh, put on. You were a great host for a lot of great conversations with local brewers in 2021. Uh, we planned to have the Maryland Craft Beer Festival. We were hoping, 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 and we just kept having these ups and downs uh, with regards to what the county and the city felt comfortable doing and how they felt comfortable hosting events. Uh, and fortunately, I think we're in a place now where everybody's pretty much got the idea that we can pull this off safely, uh, paying attention to what's going on around us with regard to infection rates and any guidance that the county or the city might be offering, uh, we won't be putting people in danger uh, to attend this event. So we're excited about that. Yeah, especially it's a 100% um, outdoor event. It's um, And even like there are those couple little places where you might have to get close to someone. For the most part, though, you can you can stay pretty distanced from other people if you feel safer doing that. Absolutely. There's an opportunity for everybody to kind of take it at their own pace and uh, kind of have their own ability to be comfortable with where they are and when they're there. That said, uh, if there are any concerns about crowds, you're there, you know what beers you're looking for. I would highly recommend considering one of the beer enthusiast passes that will get you early access to the event. So you'll be around fewer people. Uh, you'll wait a little bit less in line for some of the beers that you're looking for. And you kind of get first crack at any of the limited edition or um, kind of special specialty stuff that our members are bringing to showcase. I feel, I mean, it, there are almost no lines during that first portion. I would say it is, it is definitely way more enjoyable during the enthusiast hour or is it one or two hours? It's uh, I think it's an hour and a half for th that is by far the most enjoyable time of the day. So, and they, they almost always sell out, don't they? And yes. fairly quickly. So get those quick. Yeah, the price difference isn't uh, tremendous. It's like a $20 upgrade on the ticket, but it gives you that sense of knowing that you're going in there prepared to uh, to, to be able to explore a little bit more freely uh, and feel a little bit less kind of surrounded by people as you're, as you're walking up and trying to have a chat and learn about the beer that you're drinking. And I think I'm remembering this correctly. In the past, you've... Um posted google docs that listed like what the beer that every brewery is bringing right yeah we uh we do our best to get our members to supply us with the beer list that they plan to present sometimes we get some additions that weren't on the list sometimes we'll have a brewery maybe hasn't filled the list out so it's a little incomplete yeah. but as we get closer to the event we'll make announcements about the beer list being up uh kind of showcasing the products that you can expect to see there and um you know, we've actually had a few people we've seen print that list off with like highlighting for things that they yeah, were looking that, that's, for. So. That's where I was going. That like there were a lot of people that use those kind of as their roadmap of uh, how they're going to attack the festival. One of the things that we plan to include this year is a beer list on the Maryland Craft Beverages app. Uh, we'll be able to use our festival module there, upload a map of the event, and also allow people to see what the product offerings will be. That'll be really convenient. That'll also be a good test on how well um, Frederick's cellular infrastructure handles the load of thousands of people. Trying to access. additional people all using their cell phone at once. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile can thank you. Yeah, we'll feel the better. For the stress test. So leading up to 2019... Um, you guys had expanded further and further down the creek. And if I remember correctly, there was talk of adding even another section further down. Is that happening for this year or is it 
So we are working on ways to kind of activate the east side of the linear park, uh, ending currently at uh, East Street. We want to be able to jump over that and kind of move our way towards Idiom and Attaboy and Steinhardt and Smoketown and kind of put ourselves in that area where there's more space Mm -hmm. for people to spread out. We're unsure this year that it makes a lot of sense. We are kind of getting some data and feedback that indicates we might expect a smaller crowd than normal. Um, you know, and I think that that's totally acceptable. People are still trying to find their yeah. comfort level with what's going on. So we don't want that's to, true. Uh, may, yeah, it may not be quite necessary because that's not that's not an easy expansion. I would no, assume it would require that, new infrastructure with uh, a setting that area up to be used as part of the event. But B, we would also have to be working a lot more closely with Frederick Police to coordinate traffic to get people across East Street safely. We'd have to work out a couple of other things with regard to. Um, kind of leasing that property for the day from different jurisdictions. So uh, as much as we are excited about it and we've done some legwork on it, I don't know that we're going to have that available this year. The other concern we have is that anything that we put over there, we want to ensure is something that's going to draw the event attendees over there. And we would hate for there to be a situation where we put some really great breweries over there and nobody goes to them because they're out of the way or, um, there's, there's just nothing else really happening down there. Uh, so our goal will be to really kind of review how this event goes this year as we reopen it. Um, take a look at what things we intend to bring in in terms of new activations or new installments, and then, uh, open that space up in a way that really makes it something that people want to be a part of and, yeah. and a place Pick where up. people want to go pick up a little bit more momentum again, kind of like where, where you were at for 2020 where it would have been necessary because it had grown so much year to year uh and then move forward to yeah because like you you wouldn't want it to end up being like the island of misfit toys where no one no one wants to go through the little bit of extra work that it would take to get to that section that's it and you know the last thing we want is to have all of our members super happy to show up to this great event plan on seeing a bunch of people and then you get you know 10 or 15 breweries on another side of the creek that are like, hey, what the heck, man? We didn't yeah. see anybody all day long. I'm sure yeah, they would I, make I, good fun out of it, but I don't know that that's why they would all yeah. want to be there. <laughs> yeah, Jim, I thought you said there were a lot of tickets sold to this. <laughs> um, so it will is it coming back kind of in the same, like should people expect a lot of the same type of things where you'll have a little uh, – food truck food court area and then uh breweries spread out along the the carol carol creek uh linear parkway or linear yeah, park, absolutely. Not so parkway. The, the plan on a linear park keeps the event flowing pretty linearly uh, we'll have entrances both at the market street side and at the east street side um, people will be able to come onto the creek in both of those locations um and then be able to take basically that it's almost four whole blocks worth yeah. of uh, walking um, and stopping and visiting brewery tents. They'll be set up along the Creek uh, in the amphitheater area there. We intend to probably set up the food, uh, the food court again, uh, that tends yeah. to be a good place for it all. The trucks can get in there easily set up easily and uh, get out easily. So that's good. Uh, there's ample space up there for people to get in line for that food and, you know, because of COVID, I think that there have been a couple of really neat um, innovations in the food truck world. I know that a lot of food trucks are now taking orders in advance and things like that. So there could be some really great opportunity to kind of skip lines a little bit more than in the past by uh, utilizing oh, technology I, and taking a look at what people are up to. I hadn't even thought of that. That is nice. Yeah, because so many of them do have uh, online ordering or like uh Real, like it's really easy to order food from them yeah. on on your phone um let's take a real quick sponsor break uh i think we have maybe a couple more little details to go over um for the maryland craft beer festival but you're also here to talk about a ton of other stuff that's going on in maryland uh beer wine and spirits so we'll dive into all that stuff we will be right back 
Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. All right, Jim, do you know, and it's probably kind of early for counts and stuff, um, how many of uh, the breweries will be participating this year i don't have that count off the top of my head my guess would be that we should be somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 70 breweries in attendance um i think we had just under 70 at the baltimore craft beer festival we were just under 70 i believe in 2019 um but i I would be very confident that you would see between 50 and 70 breweries there Um, the nice thing about folks that are coming this year uh this isn't going to be the same Maryland craft beer festival that you've attended in the past in the terms that we have had several new breweries open since 2020. Yeah, yeah it'll um, look very different. The, the scene will look a lot different. The styles of beer that are being presented will look different. You're going to have different approaches coming from different people. Um, you know, some of these businesses and breweries have determined that they have new plans for how they want to do things. You may see breweries pouring solely out of cans instead of draft dispense. Um, things are just going to be, kind of updated based on all of the lessons that uh, these businesses have learned over the last two years. Um, some, of some of your other events, uh, places will have a uh, product for sale to take home with you. Is that something that'll be, uh, will breweries have that option for this festival? Breweries have had that option for this festival since 2015. Um, It's always an option for a brewery to send you home with beer that you've purchased, whether in a crowler, pre-canned, whatever it might be. Um, It just depends on the brewery's willingness to do that and their interest. It's something that we remind them about. I think one of the things that tends to hold people back is the idea that it's not easy to store all of that beer cold throughout the day. Um, Logistically, it's not the most simple thing in the world to just pull off. But we've seen breweries in the past do it. Flying Dog has done it really well with several releases. Uh, I know that I've seen a couple of other breweries do it, but the Flying Dog one really stood out to me because they had a special release for the event that they were selling at the event, which was really, really cool. Oh, nice. Um, Do you want to give a real quick rundown of the important dates and details before we move on to um, some other events? Yeah, so the first important date is February the 25th. That's next Friday. That's when our tickets for the Maryland Craft Beer Festival will go on sale. That will be our early bird window, and that will run through uh, March the 20th. On March the 20th, the pricing will go up. Uh, Our goal is to get everybody the best deal that they can get and to get them to purchase their passes early to come to this event. Uh, We will also be announcing on the... uh, 25th, a list of BAM buses that will be leaving from breweries throughout the state and bringing folks to the Maryland Craft Beer Festival and then returning them back to the brewery safely uh, after the event. So if you live in Bel Air, you'll be able to jump on a bus from Independent. You live in Baltimore, you'll have some options, things like that. We want people to be able to make it to this event as easily as possible, but also make it home as safely as possible. Are for the BAM buses, are those only enthusiast tickets or only general admission or it is all enthusiast for everybody on the bus. So the bus shows up at one time and goes home at one time, which is right after the festival is over. But uh, you're there in time to get early entry and you go home when the event's finished. When 
I've always thought like one of the best things about the Maryland Craft Beer Festival is that almost every brewery has their uh, tent. Um, uh, there, there's an owner or the brewer themselves working there. It's that it's not um, like volunteers or people who don't know about the beer. It's om- like almost every brewery sends a representative that is like is intimately aware of what that brewery is doing. So and that's a, that's the kind of feedback that our members love to hear about this event. You know, the Maryland craft beer festival was started by the original members of the brewers association of Maryland and the people that made up that membership and managed that association for a very long time were the owners and the operators of the breweries. Uh, they were completely invested in what happened at the events completely invested in what was going on in terms of um, consumer feedback and consumer interest. And they all worked very hard together to support that and build that culture. And, you know, that's kind of what sets the BAM events apart maybe from some of the other events that are out there um, put on by other organizations. We have an organization that is run and operated uh, essentially by the members of this group. They support it wholeheartedly and they come out and they show up in force for it. Um, not only is it a great time now for them to stay in touch with the folks who are drinking their beer, but it's a really good time for them to be uh, face-to-face with their peers and colleagues. They get the chance to talk about their industry, to share stories, and to kind of just touch base with one another uh, because they don't always get that chance when they're busy operating their tap rooms or their yeah. production spaces. Um, yeah. So everyone next Friday, uh, log on and get your tickets. Yeah. The especially tickets will, the enthusiast ones will go fast. Tickets will be available uh, via Eventbrite. I'm sorry. Uh, we will have them listed on, uh, marylandbeer.org and mdcraftbeerfestival.com. All right. So one of my other favorite events, uh, would have already taken place, uh, but it has been rescheduled. Uh, do you want to talk about Love Thy Beer next? Since Absolutely that, that so. is That would be the next one on the calendar, right? That is the next uh, Maryland beer event that we have on the calendar. Yeah. Uh, we are in the heart of February right now. We were hoping uh, against all hope that we would have been able to pull off a safe event indoors in downtown Silver Spring. That would have happened last week. Uh, The numbers were a little bit too high. We're still under a state of emergency due to the COVID uh, stuff that was going on. And we didn't think that the timing was right. We started selling tickets. Uh, We saw pretty good interest from consumers. And um, we just had to pull the plug and change the date. We needed to do the best thing by our members and the best thing by the attendees. So we've rescheduled that for Saturday, April the 8th. I'm sorry, Friday, April the 8th. And it is still a Friday evening event. So it will take place on Friday evening starting at 6 p.m. It'll run till 10 p.m. And uh, that's a great one. You know, it's a nice intimate affair that's going to have 25, 26 breweries there. We max the uh, attendance out um, at a level that makes the event feel uh, like you're at something really cool without feeling like you're overwhelmed. You still have the chance to talk to the people who are pouring your beer. You have the chance to get to know the brewers behind the table. Um and you get an yeah, that's an event that never feels crowded. Yeah, no matter how many like times I've been there, and I've been since the very first one, I've never once felt that that room gets overloaded. Uh, it's just kind yeah. of the way the room moves. It's the way that that building is set up to support people going to the bathrooms and going out in the hallway and getting a bite to eat. Um, there's a lot going on, and it makes the room constantly feel like it's moving. Uh, and I think that that's a really great thing. Those, those um, passes are currently on sale. Uh, at MarylandBeer.org, um, and you can also find out more details about that at Eventbrite. We have VIP passes uh, that get you early entry, um, and then we have a, a general admission pass. So please, if you're interested in coming and checking out 25 great Maryland breweries uh, in the heart of Silver Spring, that's a wonderful event to attend. And it's fun, too, because it's also um, somewhat of a competition between the breweries where you get to vote on which beer you like the best. Yeah. Uh, so that... in years past, it's been the Cupid's curse. We don't know that Cupid has much of a, much of a game plan for April. So we're <laughs> trying to come up with a way to pay some reverence to that. Our friends at homemade will be uh, presenting a welcome beer to the VIP pass holders. 
uh, in honor of winning their uh, Cupid's Curse trophy back in 2020. Uh, yeah, they un they unseated uh, the was love. it two years, two or three years yeah. that uh, old mother won with Tainted Love. Yep, it was it was two years of Tainted Love, and then uh, it was yeah. unseated by the uh, Honey Bunches. Um, yeah from a brewery that was still in planning. They hadn't opened yet. They were yeah. in the process of like finalizing their design and layout for their space. And, uh, they came in hard and, and won handily. So, uh, we're really excited for homemade. They've been doing some great stuff and we're excited to see them come back to the event and, uh, see what happens. But regardless of whether we call it Cupid's curse or the spring garden gnome festival or something like that, there's going to be some sort of competition, uh, that will probably, uh, result well, could, in one of our members taking home a gaudy trophy that they will then have to defend. I, I would say in honor of uh, Stephen Lucas that it should be the spring garden gnome. Because <laughs> I mean, they, they we'll see what we can like do to get something with a giant gnome. beard and a whole lot of hair. <laughs> yeah, I I'd forgotten about that. That was actually um, in 2020, like the last maryland event before everything went to hell yes it was uh we saw each other at that event i went on vacation came back from vacation and a week later you brendan o'leary and i sat down to talk about how the uh, whole world was going to stop yeah and i i think even at that point we had no idea what exactly we were what we were headed into i think it was five more days after that and everything literally shut down yeah Oh, the fun times. It's been a wild two years and we're all, uh, we're all fortunately coming out of it. So, um, that, uh, love Liberia, it'll, it'll be all the same thing, except that it won't be in February. Absolutely. Basically. So love thy beer. We, uh, we've already gone through and I changed up the branding to get rid of all the snowflakes and, uh, <laughs> get rid of all the calls to, um, the winter warmer showcase. Now we intend that it will just be a spring seasonal event and members will showcase some spring seasonals. I know that there are some folks out there that might say, Hey, you know, why would I want to go to that and the Maryland craft beer festival? One thing to consider. They're both great and different. They they are a little different. They are definitely great. The essence of both things is going and tasting beer. Uh, The reality is these breweries are turning over their styles and their releases so quickly that within that four week span, you would, probably not find too many of the same beers in both places. So that's yeah. one really great reason to make sure that you're at both. Uh, and, you know, not every brewery in this state is convenient to everybody, uh, but it's a heck of a lot more convenient when you can knock out a few breweries at a time by going to an event like this. And I think one thing it should be part of your marketing for love thy beer is that even though it's in an area that you would think is awful for parking, there's a humongous free parking garage right across the street from the event. Yes, there is. So don't pay uh, because they will allow you to pay even though it is free during that time, yeah. that time period. <laughs> you you have to look at the hours as you drive in or you end yeah. up paying for something that uh, is not necessary. Yeah, they will allow you to give them money even when it's not necessary. But like it kind of seems like Oh, Silver Spring. I don't want to drive there. Parking's horrendous, but it is actually extremely conveniently located to a free parking garage. So and it's not hard hold... to get there off of 495. It's not difficult to get there from pretty much anywhere in yeah. the state. Um, you know, it's it's conveni- conveniently located in Silver Spring. Um, so that's that's great too. Let's take um, one more quick sponsor break and then we get back. Let's uh, talk about the couple other events and maybe give people a little quick rundown of uh, breweries that have opened and some of the ones that are still in planning that we can look forward to. Uh, So we will be right back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www 
www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, Jim, what is the next event that we want to highlight? Well, the next event that I want to highlight is something that actually is uh, intended to be a great gathering for fans of locally crafted spirits and cocktails. Uh, We used to host with the Frederick News Post, the Frederick Spirits Festival. Uh, What we are um, doing this year is something called the Spring Spirits Soiree, and that will be happening in the heart of downtown Frederick at the new... Sounds so much fancier. Doesn't it sound fun? Yeah. Uh, We are going to be hosting that at the new Frederick Arts Council's Art Center on East 2nd Street. Uh, It's a great repurposing of an old church, a wonderful place to host uh, artistic events, and we figured that a little kind of walking cocktail event would be a great place or a great thing to bring in there. Um, We'll have some live music from a local jazz trio. We are going to be working with some local vendors to kind of not only turn this into a place where there will be kind of a day of market, but also some really great decoration and ambiance. And then we will have uh, probably about 12 to 15 distilleries uh, in the venue serving samples of their cocktails and samples of their spirits to everyone who has a ticket. On top of that, they'll also have bottles of their spirits available for purchase. We'll have uh, Cane Collective there selling non-alcoholic mixers. We'll have uh, other vendors who will have other types of mixers and and non-alcoholic beverages. And we will be selling something very special to the Maryland Distillers Guild, and that is a collaborative spirit. Um, under the Maryland Distillers Guild Spirit of Collaboration. The first of those spirits is a gin that was produced by McClintock Distilling here in Frederick and Grey Wolf Spirits uh, out of... And it's delicious. Out of St. Michael's. (laughs) Uh, Chris is holding up his bottle right now. It is delicious. It's a fabulous, fabulous gin. Um, And then we will also have a rum product that is a collaboration between Lion Rum in St. Michael's and Puerto Rico distillery here in Frederick. So we've got two really great collaborative uh, releases that are pretty much exclusive to uh, purchase in our guild members locations or from the guild directly. We'll have some samples. I can't wait to try that one. I love, um, I love lions rum. Um, I've only heard amazing things about Puerto Rico distillery. I haven't made it there yet. Every time I've been over, in that area, they weren't opened. They are, uh, they're, they're being very, very cautious and safe about how they've yeah. been handling things since this whole thing started. Um, you know, we were just talking about maybe doing a, a revisit or an update on all the breweries that have kind of opened since this whole deal popped off. And, you know, we have some distilleries that have opened in the same, same amount of time, Puerto Rico being one of them where, you know, people had these great business plans in place. They were ready to rock and roll. And all of a sudden the carpet got pulled out from all of us. Um, but what we're seeing is that these businesses are resilient. They're innovative, even if they're young and new. Um, they're they're kind of coming into the marketplace in a way that's uh, extremely competitive. And they're keeping keeping their business underneath them by just doing a great thing by their customers. Um. And a quick rundown of who will be there. It, 
Baltimore Spirits Company, Gray Wolf, Lion, McClintock, Old Line, Painted Stave, Tenth Ward, and Twin Valley. Yeah, we're adding a few more uh, over the next couple nice. of days. So there will be there will be some more uh, distilleries there. The beautiful thing about Maryland distilling is that you know we have this rich history uh, steeped in lore around bourbon. We have a whole lot of history when it comes to rye whiskey, obviously. And then there's a really great story to tell about rum that was being produced here. So we have these three great spirits that kind of give us the backbone as a uh, as an authority on distilling. And it's just taken a couple of decades past prohibition for us to kind of get our get our uh, reins back and be able to to showcase what's happening. And um, real quick, that is Saturday, March 26th. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, where do people go for those tickets? MarylandSpirits.org or Eventbrite. And once again, that is in beautiful downtown Frederick, Maryland. Yeah, you know, we get asked quite a bit about how we choose to locate um, where we put these events. And often we'll put an event somewhere and then they say, oh, man, I wish I had an event like this near where I am. Um, which is great. It's wonderful to hear that because it means that people want these things to be part of their community and part of their community's story. Um, Frederick and Baltimore really kind of make a lot of sense for a lot of this stuff because, you know, you've been joking about it since I've known you that Frederick was like this little Mecca. You've called it the Asheville of Maryland. I've heard you give it all kinds of great names. No, Ash, Asheville is, is the, the Frederick, Frederick of North, North Carolina. Carolina. Okay. So, <laughs> You know, there there is this uh, critical mass, not only of businesses here, but also of consumers in this area who truly want to see locally produced products come to the forefront and they want to support it. So, you know, fortunate for our associations and for the work that we do, Frederick's a convenient place for anybody kind of in that uh, capital region of Maryland. You can get here from Washington County easily. You can get here from Montgomery County easily. You can get here from Carroll or from Howard uh, without a whole lot of work. So it's great that we have that ability to kind of swing between our population centers and bring really attractive events, um, to everyone that kind of showcases what's going on here in their state. And Frederick's just a great place to visit. Well, there's nothing wrong with downtown Frederick. It's a beautiful place that, uh, you know, captivates people when they're here. So we hope that that's part of the story. All right. So it, are there there aren't any other events on the books at this moment, right? That you're currently selling tickets for? We are not currently selling tickets from our end on it, but the only other event that I wanted to make sure people were aware of is that Wine in the Woods will be returning to um, Symphony Woods at Meriwether oh, nice. Park. Um, we're really excited about that. We work with Howard County's uh, Parks and Rec Department to put that event on. It's one of Maryland's premier wine festivals. It's an excellent opportunity for you to get out and see what Maryland wineries are all about. Learn more about uh, the terroir here, the three AVAs that we have in the state, the ability to uh, basically throw a rock anywhere in the state of Maryland and visit a family-owned and farmed winery. So uh, if you're looking for an excuse to come out and try lots of Maryland wine and listen to great music, in a beautiful venue. Uh, Wine in the Woods is a good one. So keep your eyes out on that. So before we look backwards on who has opened, um, do we want to talk a little bit about breweries and planning? Um, Obviously, anytime you're talking about something in planning, there's the caveat of uh, timelines change drastically. And it's always a very fluid time. Um, do I mean to actually do we even have information on I mean we've that? got some we've got some uh kind of cursory lists of in plannings I think our total membership is made up of you know a, a several dozen in planning members we have information that we share publicly about certain in plannings yeah. just because we have more detail about them um instead of really kind of digging into the individuals and calling them out I would say If you live in Maryland, uh, there is a very good possibility that somewhere in your community, someone is planning to open a brewery and they probably could use some support, whether it's just having a neighbor come by and say, hey, we can't wait until you're open uh, to, you know, 
signing on to a petition or something to allow them to establish any licensing that they might need. So if you're interested and you know of a brewery that's planning to open or a distillery or a winery um, and you like the industry and what they're doing, please go out, make yourself known, let them know that you're their neighbor and that you welcome them and uh, see what you can do to be a part of their story. They're opening this business for you. Um, so it's always great to have neighbors come by. All of that said, there is one brewery in planning um, that I'd like to give a shout out to because they're going to be joining me, um, I suppose, this afternoon on my Fermented Friday chat, and that's Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company. Uh, we have a growing number of breweries uh, coming from diverse backgrounds, and Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company will be a new black-owned brewery operating here in the state of Maryland. Tomorrow's uh, Friday. Correct. But early, aren't you releasing this tomorrow? You're right. I was wrong. I apologize for correcting you. <laughs> um, Liquid Intrusion is one of the guests that will be on a Fermented Friday roundup uh, talking about um, kind of seeing more diversity come into the industry. We're going to have six black-owned breweries or uh, black-owned beer brands. So things like the Black Beer Movement, uh, I'm sorry, Black Brew Movement, um, Black Viking Brewing Company. Those are kind of brands that are out there. And then we have the breweries that are operating with the tasting room and distributing and that kind of stuff. Um, lots of really great ways to kind of talk about how the community of craft beer is finally starting to see very small glimmer of hope when it comes to increasing the diversity among its ranks and, uh, and making this industry wholly representative. Um, if you want someplace to, uh, look to get an idea of what's coming up and where things are. If you go to marylandbeer.org, there is a um, a section for breweries and planning. You can see at least which ones have gone uh, to the step of where they, they're far enough along that they've joined the Brewers Association of Maryland and have some information to share. In terms of what we're seeing in planning, we're seeing a lot of farm breweries in planning, which is a great thing. It's showing that there is a lot more uh, of a realization that from grain to glass, beer is an agricultural product. It deserves a place as an agricultural product. It has held that place for almost 10,000 years. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been until the mid-19th century that things began to feel a little disjointed from agriculture and beer. And then in the mid 20th century, it was like, what do you mean? There's no farm involved in beer. And I think that we lost a lot of touch with that <laughs> and it's a real shame. So it's nice to see this resurgence of, uh, you know, breweries coming back to the farm and producing beer with, you know, plants and vegetables and fruits and everything that may be produced or grown on that farm. So, um, who do we want to highlight? Cause there's so many places have opened. Uh, we will definitely, we're going to miss, miss a someone. few for sure. Yeah. But I think that some of the, some of the big ones that really stand out, obviously we talked about homemade opening during this. I think that they were a standout because, you know, they had a ton of uh, really interesting interaction with breweries from kind of Montgomery County out to Washington County. Um, they built up a, a great relationship with the folks at Kushwa and really were able to kind of help make that part of Hagerstown a little bit of a center for activity, which is really cool. Um, you look at brands like Firm and Burnish, who both were coming out of the woodwork with like the craziest collaborations with breweries, working really, really hard as they were working on opening their own locations. They're working on building their brands out through, um, you know, getting to know their peers and finding their place in the market. Uh, and both of them have done really well. We have had a couple of really great openings happen in Baltimore. You had Guilford Hall open, which is specially focused on continental Europe beer, uh, which is really, really cool because you have a focus that has kind of taken itself away from um, the, let's call it the modern or contemporary craft beer movement and has kind of planted its feet in tradition uh, in a way that makes it a real draw. And then um, just recently, we were able to be invited to Pariah for their grand opening and uh, to kick off February. So we're thrilled to have them here. We had Landmade open in Montgomery County. 
last week. I mean, it's just, it's popping up everywhere and we're thrilled to see all of these breweries just keep coming online, introducing new stuff uh, and, and bringing the story of what they have to tell to the glass. Uh, Upper stem. They opened during, didn't they? Uh, Upper stem had their ribbon cutting during the whole COVID shutdown. I can't recall exactly when his opening date was. But again, another great example of a farm brewery that's uh, out there trying to to make it happen with with agriculture. And it's crazy how many um, Maryland breweries expanded during the past two years or uh, really uh, took their business to the next level through during this time period. Yeah, I mean, there were uh, a couple of ways that breweries were approaching this you know at first the idea of putting beer out into the uh distri- the distribution network and out into the retailer didn't make a whole lot of sense because people weren't going into restaurants for a couple of months at the beginning of this thing and made it very difficult for people to feel as though going in and buying beer at a restaurant made a lot of sense so um we saw the number of breweries who were canning kind of overnight explode um they brought in every mobile canner they could find in the region. Uh, they've worked with every can vendor they could find, every label manufacturer to print up new stuff, to build a brand that they never may have thought of. Um, and, and we saw a lot of people in Maryland's beer industry really kind of get out of this by being nimble and taking the chance to adjust what they were doing to what was being asked of them. Uh, we had some really great, help from the uh, Office of the Comptroller and the ATC with regard to allowing members to have um, direct-to-consumer shipping and delivery, which were huge things. Those are things we're still working in Annapolis to ensure uh, our members have to protect themselves. Uh, It gave our members the safety net to continue to invest in their business and find new and innovative ways to um, attract customers. It's given everybody just kind of a whole new outlook. And I I think that despite all of the negative that's come out of this and the hardship that we're going to face for several years trying to correct, um, a lot of these businesses have just truly persisted and shown their resilience when it comes to this kind of uh, struggle. Burnish. Burnish also opened. I mentioned them with uh, Firm. Oh, did you? Okay. I wasn't paying attention. We also had a couple of, uh, like we had an awesome cidery open during this whole deal that we don't, we don't talk enough about cider in this state. Um, we have cider cideries and meaderies. Yeah. We we don't talk a whole lot about them. We've got some really good of both. Two story cider in, uh, I guess they're technically considered either Gaithersburg or Germantown. They're kind of like in that line area out there that I'm, I'm kind of blurry with, but, um, really, really wonderful cider operation. Um, happy to have them come on board and open up during this clear skies meadery. I think they opened right before this all shut down. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, it was like right, right. I think before. it was a week before the whole thing shut yeah. down. <laughs> so it's crazy that we're looking uh, back on this, you know, last two years and it's like, Oh, it was just last week that they opened up and it felt like they closed again. And then now everybody's open and yeah. Uh, two stories address is Gaithersburg. Okay. But yeah, there's that one section in that area of Montgomery County where it, like it's a toss up of what uh, jurisdiction you're within. Yeah, there's a there's a portion of Mount Airy that is actually in Montgomery County, Howard, Carroll, and Frederick. So it's a I didn't know Montgomery County went up into there it's a good too. Little rip, yeah, all the way up Route 27, uh, just before you get to Lou and Joe's is still uh, Montgomery or yeah Montgomery County. Huh. Two-story chimney's name came from a 175-year-old tobacco barn. It's a beautiful by a father and son with this beautiful two-story chimney in the middle of the property that was from an old building. So is that like that's all that's left from the from the building that was there? I believe that the there is a, a home on the property that may have been a farm home, um, but that's all that's left of that building. Of the the tobacco barn that was in. Yeah, I think so. Huh. It's pretty impressive to see. 
Um, well, Jim, I think we've covered everything. Well, I'm, I'm sure we've missed stuff because I, I, at least I'm sure I have. Um, but uh, follow uh, Brewers Association of Maryland, the Maryland Distillers Guild, and the I never remember what the official name of the wine one is. What's Maryland that? Maryland Wineries Association. The Maryland Wineries Association on social media, and you'll be able to stay up to date on everything that's happening. Uh, they always post about when the new places are opening and their events so that you will know what is going on. And they have mailing lists. So sign up for all of their mailing lists. Maryland Beer, Maryland Spirits, and Maryland Wine are our three Instagram handles. Very easy to find us there. And uh, Chris, I want to thank you very much for not only all of the support that you've consistently given uh, this industry and all of our members. And thank you as your friend. I appreciate you. But I also want to thank you for uh, just keeping up the overwhelming amount of work you're doing to make this industry a good thing. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, also thank you because you do more. Okay. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate your kind words. Um, but thank you for joining me today, uh, especially for very last minute. I appreciate that. And for announcing the return of the Maryland Craft Beer Festival on my little podcast. Yeah, this thing that, you know, you never once thought was going to have all these followers and listeners. And now you're just like the guy. And yeah, I mean, I definitely, I still don't understand why it wants, wants to listen to me, but I'm glad they do. <laughs> well, to so Chris, we'll, go ahead. To Chris's point, don't forget to uh, grab your Maryland Craft Beer Festival tickets on the 25th. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.